in Daf Yud Tetam Bet, the gift of choice, Almanat Shalol Liyaid. For a decision, for an action to be a value, you have to have the choice not to do it. So there's no value in not committing suicide, not jumping off the top of a building. You, you, that's not, you're not doing, expressing a value by that because instinctually, uh, the, the instinct of survival stops you from doing that. So you're acting instinctually and not by choice. It's only a value when you have Bechira, when you have a choice. You can choose to do it or not to do it and you choose to do it because it's the right thing to do. Then that becomes a value. And we see in, in, in the Torah in many cases, we've spoken about it in the issue of Gitin, that on the one hand, it seems to be unfair that the Torah gives the husband the unilateral right to divorce his wife at any time. Midoraisa, we've learned that according to, according to the rabbis, that's not quite so. But Midoraisa, that's, that's something that's possible. Uh, and nevertheless, we've said there's something very beautiful and important in that seemingly dictatorial, autocratic right that is given to the husband. Because by having the right to divorce his wife at any time, he is expressing the value of love and marriage by staying in the marriage. In those religions where, where divorce is not an option, marriage is not a value. Once you're married, get, get, choosing to get married might be a value, but choosing to stay married is not a value. In, in Catholicism, for example, where you're not allowed to get divorced, so what's the big deal? You're staying married. You're staying married because you have no choice. The Torah doesn't want you to be in a situation where you have no choice. If you have no choice, there is no value. And so even in the, in the halachas that the, the Torah give, gives us, we always have bechira. We always have the choice to keep, the, to keep that halacha or not to keep that halacha. And that choice gives a, make, makes the, the observance of the mitzvah, the observance of the halacha, as a value. It's a choice that we've made. So we see this in the, uh, in the sugi of Gemara that we're learning on Dafyu Tesamud Beis, where... Uh, the, the posik that we're working with is as we were yesterday, if a man sells his daughter as an ama, so we see that the, he has the right to sell his daughter as an ama, but implied in that sale, as we discussed yesterday, is the opportunity and the possibility of the buyer, the owner now of this labor of the young girl, to convert the contract into a marriage contract and for him to make her his wife. And not only is that, is that something that he's free to do, but the Rambam says, it's, There's a mitzvah in doing it. And not only is there a mitzvah to, to marry this young girl or to marry her to his son, not only is there a mitzvah, but it's a, it's a mitzvah that comes before the mitzvah of pediyah. We would imagine, as the Torah in fact says, to redeem the girl is a big mitzvah. But to marry her is a bigger mitzvah. We discussed yesterday why that is so, but we see that, that, that mitzvah. The other important principle to know in order to understand this Gemara is yesh adam limkor There are two kinds of forbidden marriages in the laws of Arayot in the, in the Torah. Some of the forbidden marriages involve an isur karet, and some involve a love. Some are forbidden by a, a law say you shall not do it, and if you do it, there's, an, there's malkot, and some there's an isur karet, which is much more serious. Where there's an isur karet, the kiddushin is not tofsin. If a person marries somebody he's not allowed to marry with an isur karet, for example, if incest, if a brother and a, marry, and a sister get married, that would be an isur karet. Therefore, the marriage is not chal, there is no marriage. The marriage doesn't work. But if a man were to marry somebody who's only forbidden to him with a love, with a, with a, a law tase, for example, a Kohen marries a Grusha. He's not allowed to marry a Grusha, but what happens if he does? The marriage is a valid marriage and she would need a, a, a get. So although it's an Isra, although there's a, a, a prohibition, it's still, um, 
the marriage is still chal. Now, can you sell your daughter to a man who's not allowed to marry her? Since we're saying implied in the initial sale is the intention. We learned yesterday that, 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 that that's even part of the intention of the, uh, of the buyer. The intention is to move towards Yehud if everything works well. What happens if he's not allowed to marry her? If, if, if the, she's a relation or there's some other reason why the marriage would be forbidden, can you even sell the daughter to somebody who cannot do yud? Because that would be against the halacha. Depends what the prohibition is. If it's an isu karet where the marriage wouldn't even work, it wouldn't be chal, then you cannot do that. You can't sell the daughter to such a person. But to psulin, for somebody you're not allowed to marry, but if you're married, the marriage is valid, then you can sell the daughter to such a to such a man. So he's not allowed to do Yehud, but he could disobey the Torah and do Yehud nevertheless. He has the choice to do Yehud or not. So the case that the Gemara is dealing with is What happens if a man sells his daughter to, to another person? Selling the labor of my young girl is desperately poor, as we learned yesterday. He has no other choice. And in order to try and get out of the poverty, he sells her labor to a wealthy man. But he says, don't think you can get your eyes on her and marry her. That's not what this deal is about. I'm, this is a commercial deal. Marriage is not even an option. Does that work? Rabbi Meir says, yes, it does work. So he, the sale is a sale and he can't marry her. If he were to marry her, the sale would be invalid and then the yayud doesn't work. Says the, the Chachomim, no. This Tznai is an invalid condition. What is the condition he's, he's imposed? You may not do Yehud on my daughter. But the Torah says he may. So you're making a condition against the laws of the Torah that Tanao is Batel, that Tanai is, is invalid, and therefore the sale is a valid sale. And if he wants to be Meyayid, if he wants to convert the contract into a marriage contract, he's still free to do so, even though the seller made the condition. The condition is not valid because that's the piece. Let's focus on the Chachomim for now. Uh, this, this, this principle. And obviously, the question that emerges is. Why is he matneal mashikatuf batorah? The Torah didn't say you have to be meyayid The Torah says you have options. You can be meyayid you can marry her. You can marry her to your son. Or you can help her buy her freedom out and let her go. The Torah, it's true that yiud comes before. The first best thing to do is to marry her or to marry her to your son. Second best is to let her go. But that's an option. There's, there's not a chiv that you have to marry her. So why is this called matnel mashi katuv batorah? It's like saying, uh, you know, the Torah says you may do certain things, not you have to do certain things. And if you make it tonight that this enables you from doing something which the Torah said you may do, that's not matnel mashi katuv batorah. So the Ritvo explains... that There's a difference. He says also here there's another issue. If normally, if you say no, the tnai doesn't work, this condition doesn't work. So what about the initial contract? Does the sale work? The man said, I'm selling on condition that. We're saying delete on conditional that on condition that. Says the man, then there's no sale. So surely it should undo the sale itself. In our case, we're saying the sale works. The girl now has to work for this man and he has to pay for the labor, but he can't marry her. 
or according to the Chachomim, he can marry her. If the Tznai is Batel, but the, the seller said, I'm not allowing you to marry her. That's the condition of the sale. So surely it should undo the Maisei. Surely the initial contract should be invalid, not just the, the, the condition. Says the Ritvo, there are two kinds of conditions against the Torah. One is a condition that the person could observe, but the Torah says no. That's the one kind of condition. In such a situation, the whole thing is batel, the whole thing is cancelled. So the Torah says no. But if you make a person, you give a condition which is ridiculous, then we just delete the condition because it's clear you're just messing around. You, you, don't, you don't mean it seriously. So for example, we've got a case where a man says, Here's your get, we had this in, in Gitin. Here's your get on condition you fly to outer space. We know you're messing around, you're joking. We don't say the get is no get. We say the get is a get and the condition is not valid because you're not, you're not serious about the get. And so we just delete that part of the tanai. If you're saying to somebody you've got to do something against the Torah is like saying to them you've got to fly into outer space. That's how absurd it is. To ask a Jew to do something against the Torah is an impossibility. It's absurd. You can't possibly be meaning it. And Einu Bitvarim, clearly he's messing about. But, but that's even that is difficult in the Ritvor. The Ritvor makes it even harder. What are you saying? I understand you saying, if I say to a person, he has a sale on condition you break Shabbos. I understand that you can't be serious. You can't be meaning that seriously. So we ignore the condition. It's, it's kamaflik bidvarim. You're just talking nonsense. So we ignore the nonsense. But the sale itself applies. But here he has the option. You're not asking him to do something that the Torah says you can't do. The Torah says you don't have to be miyayeda. You, you may be miyayeda. It's a mitzvah to be miyayeda. But it doesn't say you have. I'm not asking you to go against the Torah. I'm just asking you not to take an option that the Torah gives you. But um, you're not doing anything against the Torah. What does the Ritvo mean? This Ritvo is unbelievable. What does he mean? So we have to understand a few principles to get to it. The one is in, in the Avni Miluim, we have a principle that the Mechira of, of an Amah includes Yehud in it. It's an unusual Mechira. It's not like the sale of any other slave. When you sell a young girl, and that, you kind of have to listen to this year together with yesterday's year. Because we, we understand the whole purpose of this is an exit from destitution. So the, the whole process is one I sell, so the father gets money, the girl moves into this family, she's now working, she's got a sense of value and self-worth, he now is meyayada, she becomes a mistress in the home, she now becomes an important, she's she's no longer the poor daughter of a terribly poor man, uh, and that's the, whole, that's the whole process. So included in the initial sale is the concept of yehud. By removing the yehud option, you're destroying the sale. This is not a sale like you sell a motor car. It's not a sale like you sell a piece of furniture. It's not even a sale like you sell an Evid. This is a very unique sale. There's no sale like this anywhere else in the Torah. This is a sale of an Amaivriya, which includes in it, you can't sell her without Yehud. So, so if you're selling her labor, Yehud is included. So to tell the man you can't do Yehud means the Mechira is not valid. It's not, it's not even a valid Mechira. Which is also difficult because we see in the in the Gemara and we see in the in the in the Rambam that, that we learned that you're allowed to sell her to somebody who's not allowed to marry her. Why is that okay? So you see that you can have a sale even though yield wouldn't be possible. 
you can marry her to somebody who's who's pasul to her, and yet the, the, if he would marry her, the marriage would be valid. But he's not allowed to marry her. So now you're selling her, you're selling the labor without the possibility of aid. Why is that all right? So it still doesn't really resolve this. It's such a difficult concept. So Rabbi Chomer Vassaman explains. If a person says, I'm a Nazir on condition that I will drink wine. My Nazirut is one where I'm allowed to drink wine. That's Matna Mashi Kosov Because he is re-engineering the halacha. The din of Nazir is you can't drink wine. He's saying, I want to be a Nazir that drinks wine. There's no such thing in the Torah. You can't re-engineer the halacha, explains Rebbe Chonon. That's really the concept of Matah HaMashikos But if he says, I want to be a Nazir, with that, I'm taking on the prohibition of drinking wine, but my condition is I'm going to disobey the prohibition. I'm going to drink wine, Be'isur. That's a good tonight. Then, then it works. And then he says, It's a little bit like the Avni Miluim. What are we saying is, what he's really saying is, I want to sell my daughter to you, her labor to you. The condition of the sale is there's no yehud. Well, there's no such thing. You can't sell a daughter without yehud. So you're trying to re-engineer the halacha. That's matna amashikos of batera. She matna yemadin terah. Avalim talat nai belokach shelo yaseh maaseh yehud. But if he didn't say that, if he said, I'm selling her to you according to the dinim of the Torah, and I understand that included in the dinim of the Torah is the mitzvah of yehud, but I'm asking you as a condition of the sale not to take that option. I'm not re-engineering the halacha. I'm just introducing a commercial condition. Maybe that's not matna amashikotu batorah because you're not re-engineering the halacha. And then Rebbe Chonan goes on reasoning. The beauty of Rebbe Chonan is he often thinks aloud. He doesn't just give his final how he understands the Gemara after having worked on it for hours and hours. He takes you through the process and he says, hmm, but maybe that is that too is not is maybe that too is matna amashikotubatorah. Ditnai ze goreim she'ain lo koach liyaed the imya adenatis batel hamechira. You're taking away from him the power to do yiud. You're disempowering him in an area that the Torah empowers him. It's true he doesn't have to do yiud, but he has the right to do yiud, and you've taken that right away. That you can't do. You're messing around with the rights that the Torah gave, says Rebuchonon. Because the, in this Mechira, the whole law of, of, of Yehud is taken away. The Rav Yoshiv, in explaining this Gemara, adds just one thing, which, which is so important. And he says, after He's also troubled by the obvious question here. He doesn't have to do yud. Why are we calling this matneh mashikatu batorah? He's got the option. He can make the choice. You're taking away the possibility. You're taking away the choice. It's true the Torah says, you may be meya'ed the girl. What does the Torah say? A man sells his labor to, the, to another man. Man buys her labor. Now the Torah says, the right thing is to do yield, to marry her or to marry her to your son, but you don't have to, you're free not to. Why is the Torah saying you're free not to? 
so as to make the Yehud a choice. Not that you, you've sold her, now I have to marry her. No, you don't have to marry her. You have an out. If you choose to marry her, at least let her feel you chose. Not that you were forced. The Torah often gives us the choice not to, so as to make the choice to a value. You may divorce so that marriage, staying married, is a value. You may choose not to do something so that choosing to do it is a value. Where instinctually you won't do it like committing suicide, that's not a value, that's just survival. But when you choose of a charta every day you've got a choice. Are you going to daven today? You're not going to daven today. Are you going to put tefillin on today? You're not going to put tefillin today. If you feel that's why the Gemara says you should never say EFC. You should never say, oh yeah, I, I cannot eat treif. What? I, I'm not. I, it's impossible. I could never. It's the most horrible thing to imagine eating treif. Well, then eating kosher is no value. If you couldn't eat treif because you're disgusted by it, then eating kosher is not a mitzvah. It's not a value. Ella, what does the Gemara say? You will say, Efshi, of course I could eat treif. I would love to eat treif. I'm sure it's delicious. But Maya says, what can I do? The Rebbe told me not to. So I'm making a choice. The power of a choice. If you want to give somebody a choice, you've always got to leave them the option not to. It's important in raising children. When children are old enough to handle the decision, make sure they have choices so that in choosing to do the right thing, there is a values choice. They're actually making a choice. It's not something they feel compelled because if they don't, they're going to get beaten to the daylights out of them. That's not the idea. The idea is the child learns how to make a choice. Explains Revel Yoshi, which is an expansion of the Kibbutz Kovit Shorim with Rebel Chonan, which is an expansion of the Avni Miluim, which is an explanation of the, of the Ritvo. Even though they don't mention each other, as you learn the Sugya, you realize the Ritvo from, from 500 years ago, more. 700 years ago, and the Avni Miluim from, from 200 years ago, and the Kovit Shurim from 100 years ago, and the Ravil Yoshi from now, from, from our generation, you see the evolution of the thinking and how the one layer explains the layer before it, and we get some kind of understanding. Yes, if he tells Amanatcha that you don't do Yehud, sure, you have an option not to do Yehud, but that's not the Torah's intention. The Torah wants you to do a Yehud. The only reason the Torah tells you you may not do Yehud is to give you the choice. And what are you doing in your condition? You're removing a choice that the Torah gave you. That's Matna Amashe Katuv Bat Torah, and the Tanai is not valid. 